Hi, this is Lewis. Welcome to The Recruitment Show. To a very special episode of the podcast, which is our end of year podcast. Almost our whole team around the table. We have... Hello. Adiola. Magia. Amira. Pat. And we're going to have a chat about a roundup of the year. What's gone really well, what we've enjoyed and what we're looking forward to next year. So the year has been quite a crazy year, I think. Podcasting, on podcasting, we've done like maybe 60 podcasts. 42 for Don't Take Out Your Phone. We've done... 19. 19 for the recruitment show. That's a lot of podcasting. Indeed. Been fun. It's quite a lot. Have you enjoyed it, Ada? Yes, it's been a great journey. I've met um, fantastic people and I have, I think I have improved my um, podcasting skills. I've... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got better. Yeah. We've all got better. There's a, there's a lot better. of room for, for improvement. There's a lot of room for improvement. Yes. There is. For all of us. Because we're always learning. Exactly. How has it been for you this year on the podcasting side of things? Um, podcasting's been great. Although for the first time yesterday, our, what, we recorded a podcast and it got corrupted and we lost the recording. So after like about 60 podcasts, we recorded the podcast and then everything went wrong. So we've had to face up to it. So the, the guy came in all the way from outside London, Surrey or something, mm-hmm. came up. He'd written an amazing book he wanted to speak about. So we did like a 40 minute podcast. And then I had to call him and say, I'm really sorry. The podcast got deleted. It got lost as we were uploading it. When tech is amazing when it works, but not so great when it and doesn't. And when you have a great uh, podcast editor passing to you, Amira. <laughs> <laughs> Amira, has all the podcasting gone for you? You've learned a lot of new things. I've learned a lot. It's so weird speaking from this point. Of view. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Yes. And uh, the best part for the listeners to enjoy it and getting positive feedback. Yeah, that's really great. Good. And yeah. that's what keeps us moving forward, motivating us get to where we need to go. Yeah, on the um, recruitment show podcast, we have been getting quite a, a bit of traction. Yeah. And um, we have uh, also our uh, great team here, Adiola, Maria, and uh, Pat. They all want to say something about what this year has been like. What are the, the coolest thing, or just the crazy thing that's happened this year? We were speaking about this earlier, and Greg's having vegan sausage rolls <laughs> vegan was sausage actually rolls. quite groundbreaking, because everyone kind of forgot about Greg's for a bit, and they came out. Greg's- they still exist, guys. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> there are other sausage roll shops available, but yeah. Greg's just opened near my house, and I've never been in. Oh, I know. no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to also try beetroot bleeding burger. Oh, um, is that the Beyond Meat? Beyond Meat. That's really, really tasty. Yeah, really their valuation was like billions, I think. Yeah, it's a great company. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. What's also interesting, we podcasted ages ago uh, with the lady, uh, Benjamina from High Steaks, who's making meat in the lab, which I thought was super cool. I'd love in a few years' time to be eating steak grown in the lab rather than chickens or cows killed in whatever conditions they're killed in. Yeah, apparently Beyond Meat is one of the companies to look after. They, before going public, they were um, controlled by the uh, Gates Fund. Foundation. Oh, really? They have an investment arm, and uh, it's quite interesting what they're doing and um, trying to be sustainable, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. No, I think they're quite cool actually, because even for meat eaters like myself, their burgers are really, really tasty and you still have the same effect, so it kind of tricks you a bit. A beyond meat uh, burger. Yeah, I haven't tried it. But it's sort of like a healthier option. But, but yeah, I know it's good. What's crazy is that this year you were a bit like nervous to put your hand up and say you're a meat eater. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like vegans and vegetarians who are really hard core it feels a little bit more like you know that's true but i never shy to say extra bacon please <laughs> <laughs> i think that's something established but... it feels like everyone's like saying hey i'm plant-based i 
I've got a plant-based diet. And there's a lot of there's been a quite a lot of vegan documentaries that went mm. out recently. Uh, Game Changers on Netflix. Game Changers. Yeah. I've just listened to a really good podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, interviewing a guy called Chris Cresser, who's really interesting. He's a globally recognised leader in ancestral health, paleo nutrition, and ingestive medicine. Uh, he debunks that completely. It's quite interesting because people pick different facts and to be honest, overall, I mean, it's, it's probably, it's good to have a balance, right? Not too much meat, lots of vegetables, lots of greens. And I think we've all got really quite into our health this year. The other day at, uh, with my auntie, we were about to have dinner and she was, uh, it was a steakhouse and she was telling me, wow, look at those pieces of meat just grilling these uh, pieces of tomahawk. And um, I was telling her, you know, actually it's not that um, environmentally friendly. And she was like, wouldn't you eat those pieces of tomahawk? So there's this question about environmentally friendliness when you decide what to eat. What do you think, Adiola? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, if I was to consider like going on like more of a plant-based diet, it would be more for environmental reasons. So yeah, I think that's definitely a big push, especially with like the Amazon fires that we were talking about and what's going on in Sydney at the moment. I think it's definitely sort of a good reason not to like totally go plant-based but to have more of a balance I guess. Yeah, yeah balance is good. We probably need to cut down our chocolate eating. Oh that I can't do. <laughs> Maria, what are your views on this? <laughs> chocolate? Yes. Chocolate or meat? No, chocolate. Um, no, I'm siding with the diablo here and I'm not able to cut chocolate down, no. <sighs> You can't cut it down. It's no, good. I can't. What if someone said that you need to stop eating chocolate because it's um, not environmentally friendly? I dare them to come and say that. <laughs> <laughs> Life's too short to stop eating chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. It's got to be Joe. It's a bit of a balance. Yeah. Um, exercise, eating healthy. <laughs> A little bit of chocolate. I've been doing this intermittent fasting this year. So I do like five days a week. Well, maybe four days a week. Like my last meal's at 7 p.m. and I don't eat again until let's say 12 p.m. Which has been really good. And you don't really need to eat breakfast, do you? You do need to have breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is different. Yes. Definitely. And you can't say no to breakfast. What do you have for breakfast, Pat? I don't have very much breakfast actually. Maybe really? a piece of toast or something. Is that your first breakfast or your second <laughs> it's my breakfast? My only breakfast. Your only breakfast. My only breakfast and then a cup of coffee. What about the breakfast muffin at eleven o'clock? No, it's good, it's good. No. Um, some people don't have breakfast yeah, and they can function quite well without breakfast. Oh. Mm. I think it's one. It's nice to it depends on how you train your body as well. Definitely. And yeah. everyone's different. In Italy, I used to have something, a pastry, which is called bombolone. It's with, which is filled with cream <gasps> and it's a pastry. So oh I put yeah. on so much weight. Oh my God. So dreamy. That, <laughs> that sounds, sounds good. good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Every morning you used to have that. <laughs> Every morning, and then I used to have pasta for lunch, and then I used to have pasta for dinner. Wow, wow. So Too I turned into a balloon. How did you lose the weight? I changed my diet, so I started to have porridge in the mornings for breakfast uh, with uh, blueberries. I cut down on the pastas. I used to have pasta probably just over the weekend, and I used to have more rice or brown rice, and in the evenings I changed it for um, a piece of steak and uh, some veggies. Beautiful. I hear the pasta in Italy is different to the pasta you get in England? Well, it depends. I mean, you get the supermarkets, which apparently is made in Italy. Oh, but then right. you have the imported pasta from Italy. The best brand is the Checo. 
Ah, right. Yeah, which is really good, to be honest. The quality is really good. Amazing. You mean Amazing. you don't make your own pasta? Well, n- uh, well, I've been to courses on how to make your own pasta, <laughs> but it, it takes quite a while. <laughs> oh, fresh pasta is so good. Uh, yes. It's really good. So apart from food and everything else, oh, this year's been great. We've opened our New York office, Yay! which is super cool. And Kelly, who's in New York, so hasn't joined us on the podcast, has just kicked off so we're really excited about that and we've been doing loads with the podcast we've been doing loads of content so people might see all of our content around on LinkedIn on Instagram on Facebook on Twitter all of those cool things that's been really cool and um, we wanted to chat about communication methods oh you forgot about we also won an award this year and we won an award how could I forget (laughs) we win so many awards But no, that's really cool. So we're now we're an award-winning boutique executive search firm. There we go. With offices in London and New York, which is really cool. Posted on LinkedIn about a week ago, a picture which trended of um, everyone sitting in a train reading the paper. And then the caption was something like, um, does all this technology make us antisocial? That's it. And then it was like, train with everyone from the papers from like back in the day, like the 40s and 50s. So the way we get news and and information nowadays is interesting, right? Because the paper, if we all read the same paper, we all read the same thing. But with social media, say we want to learn about global warming, let's say, there's so many places that we can get news from. And then each and every one of us can be a journalist and we can write whatever we want, unmoderated, and our own view on things. And so the way we get information news nowadays is it's crazy. The trouble with that is that you're writing your own view of something, it could be a biased view. So if Isn't everyone's view biased? Else, yeah, I guess so. But if you, then maybe in some ways you get a more balanced view if you read lots and lots of different people's views. I think that nowadays we are becoming more intelligent we do our own research as well Mm. we don't fall for like this kind of propaganda point of view what about fake news fake news has been a big thing like the last few years don't we know the difference now no No. really some people seem to give such gravitas and authority to what they say that people think it must be true also you have this big big thing called confirmation bias so let's say I am a Labour supporter. I will blindly follow whatever Jeremy Corbyn might say. Or same with Donald Trump, you know, a lot of his supporters. So what you find is people don't really think for themselves. So if something comes out, I know Donald Trump has said X, Y, Z, and you happen to be a fan, then you're like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And most people don't really analyse question anything question anything you stop questioning you know like it's everyone's so tribal like it's really difficult to speak to a Labour supporter about something that the Conservatives might like because they can't possibly agree with policies that the other side that's what like a few friends and I are talking about actually because there's a whole argument that there are fact checkers now and people can just go online and say is this true especially with the election campaign now but realistically no one would really fact check anything that they themselves have like trained themselves to believe if like they're on one side of the political spectrum so are we lazy now in, in terms of taking information definitely and also it's not just laziness it's just you want to find what you're looking for in particular to mm. kind of confirm your views rather than refute your views if it kind of disagrees with what you believe that's a confirmation like, bias yeah, that mm. doesn't yeah it's like I want to believe yeah. this what evidence can I look for to back up my point yeah um, or like with these manifestos because we've got the election coming up the, the manifestos Labour, Conservative Lib Dem whoever if, you, if you're a supporter of them you often hear people saying oh isn't it great that 
they're going to be spending this much more for the NHS or but then no one really I'd say no one but like I reckon Maybe. most of the population probably doesn't really look into it you know it's like Brexit you know how many of us really understood what's going on even now I mean who really understands I don't think even the MPs understand what's going on no one understands <laughs> yeah 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 it's, uh, it's an interesting one so although we have more access to more information I'm not sure I'm not sure people are more intelligent now or more informed now than they necessarily were. I was reading an article this morning about the fact that since the Great Depression, for example, I mean, talking about all this political uncertainty and economic downturn, if you know, there are rumors about that, but uh, it hasn't been such continuous increase of, of the markets globally since the Great Depression. So there have been bits of recession here and there, but it hasn't been as long as it has since to, uh, now, like since 2008. And um, I think partly because of all the access we have to communication, all the work mobility that we have, the facility to work for, from a home, be a freelancer or a contractor, I think that all impacts. Yeah, working from home is interesting. We've really embraced it, actually, the last like year or so. Uh, so we have people that work from the office and from home. With our international office, we've started to really use our technology more. Um, so we use like loads of tech. We use Google Apps for work. We have a recruitment database. We have a cloud storage system. We use WhatsApp. We have like a group WhatsApp. Hangouts. We use a VoIP phone system. Literally there's so many ways to communicate. We can have people work anywhere from a smartphone or a laptop. That's really, really cool. And that's been a quite a big change for us. But the one thing you didn't mention is the actual telephone. That's a VoIP phone we use, yeah. They're actually speaking. Our VoIP is a little app on our mobile. And obviously we use mobile. But there's quite an interesting uh, thought about decline of social media. Because we disseminate all of our content on social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All of those platforms are free for us to use. But you have no idea how engaged your audiences are often. So there's an interesting train of thought that as this declines, uh, like text and email maybe, but certainly text is really important, having people's actual like mobile phone numbers mm -hmm. and personal email addresses so you can really directly communicate with them, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Speaking like of engagement on social media, isn't kind of Instagram gradually phasing that out with getting rid of the likes numbers? They say they might get rid of the likes. Bit, I'm, I'm yeah, a fan of that. Strange, yeah. Why do you want that? You want to like the likes to stay? Or? Oh no! I think it's. I mean, in terms of like for like kind of mental health reasons, I guess, and like younger people and how it's affecting them. I'd say yeah, maybe get rid of the likes. Do you know why they're doing that? The main thing is just economic. So think about really? who think about who makes money from Instagram at the yeah. moment. It's these influencers. Yeah. And the only reason that they can charge whatever they charge is because their photos get so many likes. If there's no way of really telling how many likes these photos get, then you're not gonna be, no one's gonna be paying these influencers really anymore. The value goes down. The value goes right down. And then the value of the paid advertising goes ah, right up. That's... Because why, why do they want the money flowing off their platform to people that are using the platform for free. These are some of the effects created uh, by the social media. Also, like we were talking yesterday with uh, Amira about an article of a compulsive returner. So what What's is that? that like? What's that? A compulsive returner? Basically, shoppers who shop online and then mm -hmm. just return the goods. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. ASOS has that. So, yeah. yeah. talking about the whole Black Friday kind yeah. of thing. And, uh, I think it was like from the BBC the or BBC's. the Guardian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that they did a headliner oh, right. of these compulsive returners. So these people who just love buying everything and then just return the items. 
the but next day or whatever. I went through the whole how article and there were different opinions on it. Some people actually shopping more just because they want to try the, the clothes, let's say, at home rather than go and try them in store and, and so on. Mm. But the funny story is that the increase of these um, compulsive returners is due to social media. They buy the stuff yeah. to get a, the pick, the Insta pick, and then, you know, and <laughs> then true. they just give it back. It's the yes. social pressure nowadays. Interesting. And then like ASOS introduced a new policy this year, another great thing that happened this year, <laughs> which was that if they notice a pattern of you returning mm. clothes more frequently, yes. they can stop your account. But surely you can just say, create watch, a new account. What's your Instagram? Yeah. What's your Instagram? <laughs> let's check out. And if let's you just see it in their posts the yeah. with, the, with the garments on their Instagram, <laughs> yeah. no refunds. Yeah. I think in the future, I think the future will be like in China that you get a now points rating points on your behavior. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I think I think it could be part of the future. Yeah, yeah, but they already have it in China. Now yeah. you have like a, a kind of a rating based on your you uh, know habits and things like that. Do you know what though? With our smartphones, our smartphone knows that we've gone to, let's say, Uniglo, and it knows that we've bought a specific garment because we've, we've, it's all electronic. We've tapped up, we've tapped and paid. Yeah. Right. So it's already, so it's on our phone that we've gone there, we've bought something. It knows what we've bought. If I take a photo of myself with it, with the the little AI stuff now, it can tell that I've tried it on and I've posted it to Instagram. I reckon all the data's there. Yeah, but then where do you find the fine line between your right to privacy and them being able what to What right to privacy? Like, I think it's dead. It's so, almost so dead It's now. dead and gone. <laughs> so these, people that, that, these people that buy the garments wear them once and then yeah. return them. Without yeah. washing them. Well, well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> on on clothes day, one thing I've noticed this year is the dress code in the city of London, and not in the city of London, but just generally work has changed. I used to have two wardrobes: my work wardrobe and my weekend wardrobe. So, like, I used to only wear suits and ties. And you've probably noticed, like, this year I've mixed it up a lot now. So, there's this <laughs> thing of like dress for your diary now i think that makes perfect yeah, sense to right. dress your diary yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 because i went to see a, i went to see a tech firm like last year i was like in a suit and tie nice shoes cruised in and they looked at me like <laughs> no Turn around. <laughs> no. I've, uh, yeah? Yeah. No, no, go for it. No, I've, uh, just a few weeks ago, it was a Monday, and I came in a, in, in a, a gym, in a gym kit, in gym gear, and people was looking at me, was like, hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you just <laughs> wearing gym clothes on a Monday. <laughs> well, but hey, I, I just felt like I wanted to wear some co uh, coffee clothes. Yeah, because you weren't seeing any clients, <laughs> and, you know, you're working. But interestingly, I was, uh, a friend, a good friend of mine works with Fujitsu, and they've, it's a Japanese firm, and they've just kind of relaxed their dress code. So it's like, you know, I mean, most people, you can't come in tracks your bottoms unless you're maybe in the tech industry. But Fujitsu, you know, it's a conglomerate. They do loads of like tech, AI. It's a kind of tech firm, really. And But in Japan, you have to be really smart in Japan. Uh, otherwise, they think you're unemployed or, uh, you know, or you don't have a job and stuff. So what they find is if Fujitsu employees are coming into work in a suit and then changing into something more casual when they get to work. Incredible. When you look in London, so it's like a culture thing. The other way it's a culture thing. Yeah. In London, you know, like loads of people wear trainers to work and then they put their smart shoes on. They certainly get, like ladies if they don't Definitely. want to come in their in their high heels or yeah. smart shoes. Even even for me, like often when it's only in the winter, when you wear leather shoes and it's raining and stuff, it like mm. mucks up the leather. So a lot of men wear trainers coming in. 
which is quite interesting. It's completely gone the other way. And also, look, look uh, I'm thinking of Italy and um, office buildings. They don't have showers because um, in, Italy? in Italy, it's not a, it's not common to come into the office, then shower in the office. It's, it's kind of a cultural thing. You do it at home or you do it in the at the gym. So um, it depends on country to country, I believe. That's interesting. Definitely. What is everyone looking forward to in 2020? I'm going to kick off. And we haven't mentioned it, but Brexit. Is it going to happen? <laughs> so I've, I've, thought, I've thought about all of this stuff as like this tragic comedy on Netflix. Because I've got a bit bored of it. You know, you just tune in, you tune out and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it finishing next year. It's supposed to be January. 31st of January. 31st of January. Hmm. So, well, we've got the election first. So obviously we'll have to see what happens. But I'm just looking forward to that finishing and everyone can just crack on with life. Are they though? Yeah. What's that? Well, people always like something to moan about, you know? Yeah. I think my big theme for this year is, is being like mindset, you know, and things happen in life and you choose how you deal with it and respond to it. Let's say you come into the office in the morning and you've read the paper and it's negative and your train's late and it's negative. And you know, people go into these negative thinking spirals. And it's, Tell me about it. You know, it must be tiring <laughs> being negative all the time, right? I mean, who can be bothered to be negative all the time? So whatever happens, I think you just have to you know, have some triggers, you know, like when you're going into a negative spiral, just pull yourself out and be positive. So on a positive note, I think it's uh, what's going on in Japan this year isn't there the Olympics oh well next year um, next year 2020 yes yeah. yes we're really close to well actually it's not that good news because I didn't get a prize <laughs> there to volunteering <laughs> oh that's a shame it's a shame it's uh, um, I volunteered for uh, eight years now well it's two Olympics in a row this year I didn't get it there were many applicants there's a different continent there were um, other priorities so many of us were a group of nearly a thousand people Many of us, probably 60% of us, didn't get the job. So um, we'll see. I mean, uh, some of our friends uh, passed to the next stage in the interviewing process. And if they get it, they'll definitely travel to Tokyo. It's going to be an incredible event. It's going to be the, the, the event of the decade in terms of technology advancements, in terms of organization, urban organization. Really looking forward to that. So uh, hopefully, I'll, um, I'm very curious to go travel there and see a couple of competitions. We'll see how it goes. But it's definitely, for me, has been personally one of the best experiences I've had in my life. I think that could be a goal for the whole company that people are going to do really well and then we'll go on a team building exercise. Well, to Japan. To Japan. Oh, That'd why not? Crazy. This is great. That would be incredible. That would be amazing. Oh, that's what I'm looking forward I'm to this board. year. Yay! Exciting. I think our first trip should be going to see our colleague in New York. Kelly. Yes. 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 What is everyone else looking forward to this year? Um, like on the Olympics. And the exciting point. things on the Olympics, yeah. I'm very excited to see Simone Biles hopefully break another oh world record. Oh my gosh. She's a superstar. Oh, so that would be really cool. Um, I like the gymnastics, even though I can't do any. I love Simone Biles. That's great to watch. And yeah. I guess just like there's nothing too radical like yeah. next year. I guess it's just sort of like learning more about yourself and kind of like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a bit more. And yeah, I'm 2020 is a good number as well. I like it's a new, it's a new decade. Yes, yeah, it's let's not forget it's just it. a crazy new decade. 2020. That's it. Sounds yeah. great. We actually start our tenth year in uh, 2020. In 2020. Yay! Yeah. Crazy because we started in 2010. Wow, it oh, seems like ten years ago. Seems like <laughs> <laughs> Almost. 
all those Mate. 10 years ago. Mate. So what have you learned then? Running what have I learned in 10 years? He's learned how to run the business. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. What to do, what not to do. Yeah. How do you pick yourself up from a really tough moment while doing business all in the last, over the last 10 years? Having right. a good mindset, yes. always. What about a good ground game? Great so ground like game. I love that. That's been my quote from <laughs> like our friend Josh <laughs> this year. Having a great ground game is turning up on time, being organized, working hard. If you have the basics and everything else comes. But a lot of people don't have the basics. So make sure you work on the basics. Super cool. But you have to enjoy what you do because if you don't enjoy it. Yeah. So you're having a bad time and a, a bad day and you have, with a positive mindset, yeah. you get out of it and get back into your zone. But not many people have a positive mindset or don't know how to get back into a you know, positive zone out of, after having a tough quarter, having a tough six months. I don't even think it's that long. I mean, it's like even a tough uh, day or hour. Mm-hmm. I think actually probably more people than you think are, have a good positive outlook on life. Um, but you can do loads of things. You can have like a, a little triggers and alarms. Like we learned from uh, this guy, Eric Partaker, who's the founder and CEO of Chilangos, a Mexican chain of restaurants in London. He has three alarms he sets. Uh, morning to remind himself to be the best he can in the gym. Second one to be the best CEO in the world. And third to be the best husband and father. It's like positive reinforcement. Yeah. yeah. Little triggers. Little triggers. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, if you're playing a game and you just have to make sure you know what the game is, right? We do, we do mm-hmm. consulting, sales, ups and downs. So, you know, you, you just know that that's the game. You have to like retrain your mind again. That's the thing. Yeah. You know that you're falling in a negative place. You've mm-hmm. got to, one, take a step back mm-hmm. and just figure out what is it you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then try to, I guess, do the basics, write down what is it that you can do mm-hmm. and then take little steps and take it from there. And then once you get there, then you start, you know, pushing yourself more and more. It's just starting up a point of awareness, I guess. Definitely. I think for me, I like build on that. And I always, whenever I'm having a bit of a bad day, I always just like have a sit down and actually think of how much I've like achieved and think of like what would myself like five years ago said about me today and just be like, you are damn lucky. (laughs) So you can definitely do it. And yeah, that kind of, for me, that gets me out of the kind of negative mindset and it's just like, just crack on with it. Yeah. And we're constantly like growing and evolving as people. And if you actually look at yourself like 10 years back you're not that person definitely you're much more I guess stronger you know uh, willing to like challenge yourself even more and but if you're not then you just have to question yourself why yeah but also you have to work on your mind as like you work on your body yeah so you know like people hopefully you kind of people think about what they put in their body what fuel gym exercise so as much as people concentrate on that then you also need to concentrate on on the mind it's it, the balance of everything, I think. The balance of everything, yeah, definitely. definitely. Everyone should have a psychologist, probably. Or someone that you can speak to, or a few people, surround yourself with positive people. Maria, how do you overcome a tough day, a bad day? So the thing that works best for me is uh, zoning out of everything. Emails, social media, people, and so on. I just have a uh, pretty much essay that you are um, a day or evening at home, just evaluating on what's, um, what's been tough for me, and so on, and then having a great new day. Unplug. Yes. Yeah, I don't unplug. It's good to unplug, actually. It is good from time to time. Definitely. Yes, I'm trying mm-hmm. to stay out of emails and social media um, after working hours. Sometimes it's hard. Um, I'm uh, very often uh, 
talking to my uh, relatives back at home and so on uh, and uh, social media quite often is um, the only way we, we stay connected uh, so yes it's tough to to zone out to unplug but it's useful thing to do from time to time yeah what do you do Ada? well uh i agree with maria you need to unplug i actually met a friend of mine she was going to san lucia and she said that she was unplugging for two weeks like literally not touching a computer or a phone for two weeks and she wanted to completely detox and um, I was asking her what would she do what would you do if um, you know someone needs to reach out to you well the other ways it can be a call a phone call to my place over there I mean it's uh, very unlikely that there's gonna be such a huge necessity for me to reconnect because we think we really need to be plugged the whole time but that's not true you can have a, a wonderful day without um, you know looking at the laptop or at the phone or any other of these means. Very difficult. Have you ever had a day where you've left your phone at home? Well, the worst <laughs> is that... I've done that. Yeah. I actually did that a lot this year. I did that a lot this year and I found I was so much more productive. Um, and I also found recently um, the weeks that my screen time has been lowest has actually been like my more positive and optimistic mm. weeks, which is really really strange so sometimes you just need a moment where you just sort of put your phone away um just kind of deactivate not like deactivate from social media but just logging out if someone really needs you they can just call you and you appreciate that phone call so much more i find it quite upsetting now with young families how they might go to restaurants the mother and the father and the two children so nobody is talking to each other they're all on their own device and i think that's really so bad Definitely. so these young kids are being brought up to if they're bored they can't actually make any activities for themselves they can't the imagination is just yeah, you know when i when i go to restaurants I, I well this i learned from my uh, godparents but i have a rule that no one takes out the phone not not even putting the phone on the table sorry to interrupt yeah. there's a game where everybody does put their phone on the table and the first person to reach for their phone pays the bill oh yes <laughs> <laughs> that's also a really good one yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Great idea. yeah that's true well they sometimes like, i don't want it in my pocket because my pocket's too small put in your backpack do you know what i'm really excited about and i've just been trying to google it as we speak but there's some amazing tech uh, and some big tech things that are going to like really kick off this year. We've got 5G that's starting to to really start to. Oh, uh, forget about unplugging. I think 5G is like you've 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 you to have technology all over surrounding you. So we've got 5G that's going to connect everything from um, you know healthcare, you know like medical implants to measure all your vital signs, to faster internet, mm -hmm. uh, to connecting the most remote places in the world to mm -hmm. the internet and to the world that's super cool mm -hmm. we've got autonomous cars mm -hmm. that have started to uh to increase mm -hmm. biofuels mm -hmm. to help us save the planet we've got a race to mine the asteroid belt above earth which apparently has enough iron ore to build a skyscraper six stories high that covers the whole of the planet Mm -hmm. There's so much things to be excited for yeah, absolutely I'm looking forward to uh, the new decade to uh, discover new cures for illnesses such as cancer. I've uh, just was reading recently about investment from one of the PE firms in a, in a company that's going to focus on identifying a cure for bladder cancer and uh, many of these diseases that you just you know you haven't been able to to get to the through the cure. But uh, in terms of um, advancements in science i was speaking with a good contact of mine was um the company that they control they are developing uh, they've found a way to grow cartilage cartilage yeah yeah, yeah and that, that is yeah. that that will be um, revolutionary it just obviously went for 
approval from the um, from the regulators but that is uh, unbelievable because a lot of people will benefit from this and uh, it will be so helpful for the joints they've been i mean they've been doing this for years they did dolly the sheep you know remember the uh the the meat the meat stuff i mentioned growing meat in the lab Mm -hmm. so these these technologies have been around for a long time but they're starting to to maybe come to the masses i've got them um, i'm, I'm going to be doing a great podcast in a few weeks with a lady who uh, is interested in well involved in crispr 9 basically cut and paste for your dna which is amazing. amazing so you can like target some mutated dna goes in there chops it out wax in some healthy dna interesting thing on medicine oh. if you look at think about the past medicine is all about curing the sick whereas now this next i think this next decade and and beyond is all about improving the healthy and so if you think about all of these advances hopefully it will go the, it will go a good way i think you'll be you'll be able to you know even with unborn kids be able to improve their mental ability their physical attributes oh, that's too i mean there's some crazy crazy things remember about the, the star trek film from uh, the early 90s or late 80s uh, i see many of the things happening now uh with uh, in regards to technology the touch screen you would see that like that would never happen now it's just a common thing and um, also there's a bit in Star Trek film that one of the patients uh, is given a pill and they grow a new liver and it's just the the, uh, patient obviously is is cured I think we're getting into that yeah even in I don't know if anyone ever saw 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah that is 19 film in 1968 it's such an epic and even then they had basically like an iPad yeah you know I mean so and they had a Siri they had a Siri or Alexa as you want to call it or or open Google yeah you have my two year old niece now who was the other day she was like oh Alexa play Peppa Pig (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez things have really changed from my days now literally it's crazy awesome good chat I yeah, think we can leave great. it there. We should do it more often. We definitely yeah, will do it more often. Good. Please give us some feedback if you're enjoying the conversations and we can maybe do like a little monthly download sesh live. That doesn't look so exciting. <laughs> and we're currently, we're, currently, <laughs> we're currently being powered by caffeine. We get a monthly delivery of caffeine, which is pretty good. In fact, we're all hardcore into coffee at the moment. And Huel. Uh, Huel, we didn't really, we didn't really get so saying. last year now? That was last year. <laughs> Although they are doing very well, so yeah. good for Huel. Uh, it's just not been our thing. But caffeine, amazing. Anyway, have a great year. Happy new decade, everyone. Lots of health, happiness, success. Exciting Here's to 2020.